Hello, hello, hello. We are live. Um, my name is uh, Mike Mills, and this is the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. And um, today we are going to talk about appraisals, all things appraisals. I mean, we have a few other things we'll sprinkle in here a little bit as well, but ultimately um, we're going to go through um, a lot of nuts and bolts of what the appraiser's thinking, um, what they're looking at. And uh, in order to help me with that today, I am so lucky to have Lori Solecki with us. <laughs> Hi, oh, I didn't you. give my, there we go. Yay. Sorry, make right. sure my, uh, my production <laughs> value works right. No worries. So um, Lori, thank you for joining me today. Uh, very much appreciate you coming in and spending some time with me. Um, so earlier today, uh, Lori and I sponsored a class together um, look at a local title company here, Allegiance Title, shout out to Byers and Taylor, um, about uh, CMAs. Right. And um, so Lori is a uh, CE certified instructor. Um, and today we were talking about um, appraisals, but you also teach all kinds of classes, right? Right, right. So what I all do. what all are you you teaching these so days? So I teach the fun ones, the legal one, legal two, broker responsibility. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. <laughs> Everybody's like, the hits, like yes, the required courses, yes. required contracts. So I teach a lot of subject matter too, negotiating, multiple offers. I teach a plethora of classes. I love, love, love to There's do no that. limit to your class. There's classes. no limit. Right. No limit. If you want something, let me know. Right. <laughs> um now you are a broker um, yourself right. here in, right. here in DFW, um, mm -hmm. and you're a part of Metrotex. Correct, right? Metrotex Association of Realtors. And Metrotex yes. is because, like here locally, we we have or the Arlington Board of Realtors, right? Um, and then I think you have like Fort Worth area realtors exactly. or something You've like that. Exactly, you got Fort Worth, Louisville. Right, there are several. And then so Metrotex does it cover? kind of everything or is it specific to Dallas? Like what's their coverage area? So we have a huge footprint. Right. We are the fifth largest oh, in, wow. the nation. Yeah. in the nation. So okay. in the nation. So we are a big, we have like probably um, a lot. I think we have like 24,000 members mm -hmm. maybe and growing. Mm -hmm. And so we, we are pretty, pretty large and we do hit a lot of counties. So we go all over the DFW Metroplex and we, um, you know, have a couple of Louisiana as well. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're part of Netris, which mm -hmm. is, um, you know, covers many, many, many areas right. and Aboras as well. So Arlington Board, Fort Worth Board, we all subscribe to the same multiple listing system, gotcha. which is our agent network of housing right <laughs> houses available so um obviously as a broker you, you sell real estate and you've been active how long have you been selling now uh 29 years 29. this year so you're Be brand new to the business year. yeah i hadn't been in you know just a little while just a little while <laughs> you've been through a few ups and downs i've seen some things always yes. feel like that you know that agent that right. all state agent or whatever we've seen some things yeah. I'm like, yes me too me too dude <laughs> so when did you decide to get into like teaching ce courses so that kind of happened as a happy surprise so um i came from a sales management background. Um, okay. So I worked in that before I decided I've had enough and picked up my toys and went home. Where were you? Uh, I was with sales and service oh. merchandise. So oh, I wow. Sold, yes. know, I sold jewelry. Are, are, third I know third service, generation jeweler. So. Service merchandise is gone. <laughs> it's but gone. Sales, yeah. sales is still sales around. Is still around. Okay. Oh, yeah. They've yeah. been around for years. Yeah. And um, so I had, you know, had my last Christmas and I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm out, guys. <laughs> Love you, but I'm, I'm gone. Family so, business, right? Yes. Well, it wasn't family business, but, I mean, but my my, my grandmother, business. my dad, and I all worked for the same corporation. Gotcha. So yes, yeah, so I, uh, you know, kind of worked with them. And so my mother-in-law said, well, you know, why don't you go get your license? Why don't you sell real estate? I was like, well, I hadn't really thought about that. And she's like, well, you know, I'm a broker, so why don't you sell real estate? I'll pay for your school. You go. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. sure. I'll, I'll open up a new chapter. So that's kind of how it got started. 
So, so that's how I you have got heard in- a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but see, that's how you got into real estate. But then how did you decide you wanted to start teaching classes? So uh, once I got into real estate, I taught classes in my past life, as I call it. And so um, when I got into real estate and started learning things, I, I have this uh, gift for taking the big picture and breaking it down into manageable pieces yes. so people understand what's yes. going on. Yes. And so it was just as I learned something new, I would be like, Hey guys, did you, did you hear about this? Or have you looked at this or, you know, Hey, try this. And so my broker at the time said, Hey, have you ever thought about, you know, like teaching some classes and sharing this with other agents? And I was like, no, but that sounds like a great idea. I'd love yeah. to do it. So that was kind of the catalyst. And so once that happened, uh, I began to kind of train at offices that I worked for. And then I got involved with the board and then it just kind of blew up. Snowballed and then in there. 2018, I was honored to be the educator of the year for Texas Realtors. There we go. All right. Yes. Nice. And so that was like the pinnacle. That's I love awesome. That. Yeah, that's great. So that's, that's my claim to fame. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a challenging thing. Um, I've never been a teacher before. Uh, like as far as a profession is concerned, but I've, uh, uh, I ran a swim school for kids for a number of years and, mm. and I taught swim lessons and I've coached children. I've been highly involved in coaching in a lot of different atmospheres. And so, you know, teaching is something I really, I enjoy myself yeah, a too. ton. Um, now I, I, you know, shout out to my teachers out there. Unfortunately, they're not paid well enough, um, to, to make it a career. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, you know, I wish they, they should be, and you know, that we need more funding for that, but but I do think it is something that you have to really have a passion for in order mm-hmm. to do it and do it effectively. Yes. And, and it's funny that you said your talent is taking that information. I tell people that myself all the time, like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm not really a salesperson, but what I do is I take complicated information and I break it down to simple form so other people can understand exactly. it. Exactly. And that's exactly. kind of the same and thing. And that is the key to education yes. so that people understand it. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, and, and a lot of times it's not, it, it's kind of a, you're you're explaining to someone how to look at a, a problem or a situation in a different way that they wouldn't other it's not like you're it's not like you're going hey you're a dummy let me show you how to do right, this right. it's just like have you ever looked at it from this perspective mm-hmm. and that's really what you're trying to offer would you agree exactly totally yes i totally agree with that so um so let's get into right away on the appraisal side of things because you know that's where um i i was i'll tell you so i sat obviously was in your class today. Um, never, we've never met prior to this. We did a funny little video the (laughs) other day, but, um, but prior to that, I'd never, but I've been in a lot of CE courses, you know, lenders sponsor classes all the time. This is what we do. Um, and I genuinely mean this because if I didn't, I just wouldn't say anything about it. It was very entertaining. Like I was, I was, I was not surprised because we had met previously, but I was certainly like, I can understand why she does this on a regular basis because it was good. Thank you. You, you were Thank engaging. You. There were lots of questions. You know, I think a lot of times when these CE classes happen, you know, it's a, it's a give and take, but what ends up happening a lot of times is the instructor stands up there and talks for two hours Yes. and the class, you can look out of the class and they're all falling they're asleep like, mm, and nodding off. Right. They're looking <laughs> at their phone and you know, it's just like, there's so many other things going on, but, um, the class was engaged. You know, you were asking questions, trying to get involvement which always makes stuff go by faster. It makes it more enjoyable when there's actual interaction. Have yes. you found that to be the case? Oh, totally. Yes. I, you know, I always want to make sure that, you know, I answer questions and I always want to get them engaged. If yeah. they're engaged and they're talking, that's a good thing. Yes. That's a good thing. So would you say that you're, a, what, what's your, what's your highest performing or most interested class that you get where you get the best amount of feedback from that you teach? 
Hmm, is appraisals one of them? Is it up there? So it's up there. Yeah. It's up there because we have a lot of information to share. But um, I would say sometimes our contracts get very lively. Really? <laughs> yeah, because when you start talking about the various uh, paragraphs, people right. are like, well, I heard or no, I think blah, blah, blah. And so then you have a chance to kind of have a good debate about right. Well, that's a great, great thought, but you might want to look at it like this. Right. There's a little bit so, more discussion that exactly. goes back and forth because everybody's got their story, right? Oh, everybody's yeah, like, totally. Oh, well, this one time, <laughs> what, what happened time to me? When I was, yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, and that's always fun too, though. So, um, so on the appraisal stuff, so let's start with, um, you know, when, because obviously I'm a lender, you're a realtor, mm -hmm. um, and we, we, we don't hate appraisers. We no. love appraisers. No. But we all have to kind of get on the same page. Right. And and I will speak from a lender's point of view because I, you know, I don't know if people realize it or not, but we're kind of in the middle. Like we're we're the we have to order the appraiser or appraisal from the appraising company and appraiser or whatever. Um, but like I don't get to call the guy and talk to him because I'm an interested party in the in the transaction. So I can't have any real conversation with him. And then the realtor is obviously the one that created the list price or, you know, in partnership with the seller. And so when values don't meet up between mm -hmm. what the appraiser says and what the owner and the, and the agent think, I get to be the one that gets yelled at. <laughs> yes, that's right. And We're like, what is this? Yes, <laughs> yes. So we get to play the middleman. So <laughs> right. amazingly, like, I don't know if people realize, like a lot of lenders, we we know appraisal's pretty good because like we're, I'm looking at them constantly and I'll, I'll tell people, you know, if they come back and say, hey, you know, we're 10 grand under, we really feel like I'll look at it and go, listen, I will send in whatever argument that you want to additional comps, whatever you want to do. But I'm just telling you from my point of view, looking at it and seeing them all the time, I don't think you're going to win. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not what, what I try to tell people is like, I'm not, I'm on your side. Like I want us to get the value and I'm not going to tell the appraiser anything because I can't talk to him, right. but I'm just preparing you for the understanding that this may not work out the way you want. Exactly. And so I'm going to give a disclaimer. I am not an appraiser. Yeah. I repeat, I'm not an appraiser, nor do I play one on TV. So right. I am not an appraiser. I'm right. simply a real estate broker who likes to work with appraisers in the best way possible. Yes. So I think the key is to be proactive. And okay. I think so many realtors, they don't be proactive. Like they're just, they go, oh, okay, the appraisal's coming. Please, God, please, you know, <laughs> yeah. let it make value. Yes. And so that's kind of how we, uh, you know, do the appraisal experience. Yeah. And really, we would be more beneficial if we would stop checking the box. I mentioned this, stop checking the box in Broker Bay or, so, or showing systems that say, yeah, it's totally okay for us to schedule the appraisal. Right. But if you don't answer your phone, don't uncheck the box, right? Because right? the appraiser needs to get a hold of you. But you need to be able to talk to the appraiser. And then here is the deal. You need to send them your packet. Uh, if you don't have an appraisal packet, reach out to us. We'll get you one. But you need to have, you know, information like your comps. So do your CMA. Share that CMA with them. Share the 1004MC report yeah. with them uh, because they're going to have to pull that anyway. Share information that you know about the subdivision, anything that's going on, any business coming in, coming out, anything, any quirk about the subdivision, because you are the boots on the ground. You right. are the eyes and ears for the appraiser. That appraiser, you know, may not know the area really well. They may know it some, but they may not know it like extreme like you do because you're showing there all the time. Right. Right. And so I think if you take a proactive approach to preparing information for the appraiser, then you will work hand in hand with the appraiser. Now, sometimes we have those old, you know, those seasoned appraisers. They're like, I don't want anything from you, you know, but uh, really, I think most of them are appreciative to kind of see where is your mind at? Right. Because are we on the same page? Right. I think another issue we have with realtors 
is um, realtors get emotional about property. You know what I mean? Like yes. they go, oh, this is so amazing. Oh, you put so much work into this. This looks so great. Yes, that is one and of the main things I get. for Agents exactly. will, will, will but this house respond. is so great. But this, yeah, they just did these <laughs> updates and they just, and they put so much, I and mean, it's like, I understand that, but yeah. that doesn't, you know. Yeah, but it's matter. not going to add to the bottom line. Yeah. So, you know, I think that we need to understand what does add to the bottom line and what really is going to help itself faster. Right? So when you're talking about preparing something ahead of time for the appraiser, okay. Mm -hmm. So, and I've, I've heard agents say, this before absolutely and we you know we even kind of tell them hey look make sure you have something available to show them your comps but when you talk about the logistics and the method because it's a fine line right mm -hmm. and you right. don't know if this appraiser is going to be and i would say you, you can tell me but my my guess is is that the vast majority of them are appreciative and they're great yes no yes but there will be a couple that'll be like i know what i'm yeah, doing I i'm old school you. i've right. been in this business 50 years i know what i'm doing <laughs> so in order not to in order to provide information but not step on the toes of the few that are going to be jerks about mm -hmm. it what would you what would you say the best method is as a realtor to present these comps leave them on the table show up there be there at the appraiser talk. i mean how would you so um so a lot of us are busy so we don't you know we really don't have time to meet you at the house we'd love to but you know, hey, that's not going to be a feasibility. So a lot of times what I do is when I talk to the appraiser, I'm going to say, hey, you know, when did you want to go out? Okay, yeah, that's that's that sounds great. Uh, would you be offended if I sent you some information? Okay. I would love to send you, you know, I'm always trying to price properties like you guys. So I would love any feedback. I, I want to send you, you know, me, what right? I have. Yeah, yes. let me help you help you. Yeah. Right. And let, well, and you're help saying me help me. Help I want to make sure I do my yes, job right. And help me because, yes. you know, if I'm doing something crazy or you're like, because I've had some appraisers go, Hey, look, you know, we really don't care much about uh, your belt anymore. You know, if it's in the same neighborhood and it's not like phase one to phase four with a 10, 15 year spread, yeah. then we really aren't going to worry about that. So right. you don't have to adjust for years, yeah. you know, yeah. or, you know, fireplace, you know, sometimes we adjust, sometimes we don't. Not a big deal. In Texas, we really don't need one. It's just, you know, there. So well, um, and I think when you said, and I, now that you say this more and more, it really resonates that whole uncheck the box thing, mm -hmm. right? It's I, I tell agents all the time when they're dealing with, you know, because when we talk about vendors, whether it's lenders or title companies or roofers, I always tell them, hey, look, don't when the borrower or buyer or seller calls you and says, hey, you know, is it time for me to refinance my mortgage or hey, what do I need to do about my roof? The immediate answer shouldn't always be, well, I don't know. I'm not a roofer. Call the roof guy. Right. Mm, or right. I don't know. I'm not a lender. Call the lender. Well, I'm not saying that you should know everything about it. But what I am saying is that having people within your sphere that you can call and ask questions to and get a little bit of knowledge every single time and pick up a little bit more information. Exactly. Then you, you put yourself as the, the, um, the expert, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're the person. You're the trusted advisor is what yes, you are. You're you the know, trusted hey, advisor. I don't know who to call, but let me call Mike. Let me call Lori. They'll know who to call. Exactly. Right? And, and even, especially when you have, we'll see, I know that this is what it is, but there's also an extra piece to it or whatever. But, um, exactly. But what I would say is like, that's the same thing I would look at with the appraisers, right? Mm -hmm. If you uncheck that box and make sure that that appraiser has to call you in order to schedule. And again, got to answer your phone. Right, right. Please, <laughs> please do that. Answer your phone. <laughs> please answer your phone, guys. But if you do that, then you're going to A, establish rapport with that appraiser, right? Because they're human beings. Right. Just like the rest of us. Right. You're going to figure out what they want or what they don't want. So you know what to give them or whatnot. And you might even pick up some information that you didn't have before that will help you be a better agent going forward. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, one thing I want to share is people have a, a misconception about talking to the appraiser, right? Uh, before the appraisal is done, guys, you can talk to the appraiser. Now, once the appraisal is turned in, 
that's it. Communication yeah. must be through the lender. Correct. Can't be directly with the appraiser. And even um, we have to have a separate desk. Like I, yeah. as the as the loan officer, I cannot talk to the appraiser. So I, you have that arms linked. Correct. Yeah. I have to have a separate department of my company that is the one that communicates with the appraisal or appraiser that we send the information to. Ah, that okay. So good to know. So see, yep. there's some things we're learning today. That's right. <laughs> Okay. Um, and real quick, uh, one of our listeners here, Marianne, she wants to know if you can make the po the packet available after the podcast. I'm not yes. Okay, perfect. Um, all right. So is there a way to contact her? Like oh, yeah, an email yeah. or something? Yes, okay, I perfect. got Marianne's stuff perfect. Right here. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, so obviously the rapport and the relationship with the appraiser is important. You want to make sure that you have some contact with them because it, you know, it's always good to be friends with people, right? That's right. Relationships are important. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So you know, there was a few things that you went through in the class about looking at how to comp stuff. And we're going to, we may jump all over the place a little bit, but I want you to talk specifically about price per square foot. Okay. Because okay. as a lender, what I get all the time when someone wants to argue value is they will say, well, the price per square foot was this, or the price per square foot yes. was that. And I will tell them, I'm not even going to say the words price per square foot to the appraiser right. because I don't want them to blow a gasket. Exactly. Okay? So, so explain why that's an issue. <laughs> so that tells them that your vocabulary is old school. Yes. <laughs> okay. When you say price per square Square foot. Right. It's like, okay. So when I first started back in the 90s, before the internet, guys, <laughs> you, you <laughs> yes, were in before the, the internet. 19th century. <laughs> in the 19th century. That's right. <laughs> or the early so 20th century. When dinosaurs ruled the world. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, back in the day, uh, we did it price per square foot. Right. I mean, that's the way we did it. We were like, okay, so it's $100 a square foot. So this is 1,500 square feet. 150 bucks, yeah. you know, 150,000. Right. So that's kind of the way we used to price, but we don't do that anymore because it, it but your client will, like mm -hmm. your customers and your clients, that's, that's all they know. That's what they they know. just know price per square foot. So right. they're like, well, this house should only be 150,000. And why is it, you know, why is it 275? Right. And so you have to kind of explain, well, we don't do price per square foot anymore, right. you know? And, um, it, because it skews the neighborhood. It's like, you know, one at 1,500 would be 150,000. Across the street, you've got 2,500 square yeah. feet. 250,000, that's way too much of a variance. In the well, and I even think earlier on, in, so, and I don't know how much it's changed, but I think it has changed quite a bit, is if you were a builder going into a neighborhood, mm -hmm, right, and you were right. going to build out an area, I mean, they weren't all exactly the same, but they were pretty close. Like you right. didn't have 1,500 square foot homes in a neighborhood with 2,500 exactly, square foot. Right? Exactly. They were pretty close to, you know, like you might have a three to 500 square foot yeah. variance. Not yeah. not like we have now. Well, you, you know? know, you have like yeah. old neighbors neighborhoods in Fort Worth, for example, that the, yes. the homes were built in the 40s and the house is maybe 1,700 square feet and it's a little, you know, pier and beam wood home. Right. But then across <laughs> the street, somebody ripped out that house that was there yeah. and they built a little McMansion over there. Exactly. And, so there's and, massive and then you're going to have to camp, you know, you're going to have to comp it to the other new McMansions, yeah, you yeah. know, not necessarily that particular uh, subdivision, but you have to take into account for the fact that its location is right. not, uh, you know, like in brand new, it's in the existing subdivision. So you have to look at it from that aspect as well. So on the price per square foot then, which is not what the message that we're right. using, um, <laughs> what um, you were talking today about, um, I guess it was a half and, and a third. So, or? Yeah. So um, I had a, an amazing friend of mine and instructor, Candy Cook. She's an appraiser and okay. a broker. I'll give her a shout out. <laughs> and so anyway, she taught me the half to one third rule. Okay. And basically it says, you know, if you are doing things in bulk, you can't give it dollar for dollar. 
So okay. we use the example, if you buy a can of Coke, mm -hmm. it's a dollar. If you go to a dollar store, it's a dollar and quarter now, but you, it's a dollar. Yeah. And if you buy a 24 pack, that doesn't mean it's going to be $24. Right. Right. So why is that? Because you're buying in bulk. Right. And so it's the same with square footage. You have to adjust half to one third for square footage. So that $100 is not going to be $100 per square foot. It's going to be 50 to maybe, you know, 33. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. And depending on the neighborhood you're in, that may be what number you use. You right. may use the half or the, the one third, or you may just kind of move it in the middle yeah. between the two. So um, I think that that's kind of something that you have to consider. You're not going to give full dollar for dollar. It's just like upgrades. Yeah. You're not going to, you know, I paid $65,000 for this, you know, new pool. Right. That well, they're not going to give you. Yeah, it's 10 years ago. So <laughs> they're they're not going to give you 65. They're not going to give you 45. Yes. Right. Yes. And so uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Those, yes. And those are harsh conversations to have with your seller and your client. And but but it is what it is. And we don't control that. No. We do not control the market. No. The market controls what goes on and buyers control the market. Well, and you mentioned in the class, too, you talked about how, you know, when we were going through the whole your spreadsheet on, or, you know, not spreadsheet, but your, mm -hmm. your breakdown of how we were costing everything out with the half and the, in the, in the third or whatnot. And I think one of the comments in the class was, you know, well, we don't, you know, that's not the only thing. Like that's not the right, only way you right. do it. Square like, no, price no, no. is not the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. No, it's not the only thing. They're like, there's adjustments that have to be made, but you have to start somewhere. And exactly. I think, I think the biggest challenge that listing agents have right now, um, more often than not is that they run into an issue where, you know, they go into, especially new agents, right? Mm -hmm. You show up to someone's house and you do a little bit of homework ahead of time. Hopefully, hopefully you do a lot yes, of homework, yes. but, but <laughs> some, yes. some do less than more uh, than others. Um, but then you're going to walk in the door and I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm assuming it's in the eighties to nineties percent of the people that you're walking. They think their house is going to be worth 10 to 15% more than what you're going to about to tell them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, depending totally. on the market. And so um, so in that circumstance, you have to overcome that preconceived notion because that's their home. That's right. where they live. That's where that's they raise their kids. That's emotional context to yes. them. You it know? is a very it's personal very transaction. Emotional, very personal. So when you come in and tell someone their house is not worth what they think it is and you don't do it in a very kind and, yes. <laughs> and gentle and easy way then you're going to get pushback. Oh yeah. And that's why the data is so important, right? Yes. Presenting the data makes a big difference. Exactly. The numbers don't lie. Right. I mean, the numbers are what the numbers are and you have to kind of explain to them as well. There are many pieces to this transaction yes. for me to get you from here to your next home. Right. And part of that is there are many players in this transaction. We have to find a willing, able buyer. Yes. Then we have to go through an appraisal and a, the appraiser is going to make sure that the house values what the lender is willing to lend to the ready, willing, and able buyer, right? right? And so uh, we have to convince all these people yes. along the way, right? Yep. Well, and that's, I use that a lot because again, you know, one of the things as the lender, mm -hmm. the agent will call me and says, say something, it's usually a newer one. They'll say something along the lines of, well, the buyer, the sellers or the buyer's willing to pay this price. So right. why can't it be sold for that? And I was <laughs> exactly. like, well, if the buyer had $350,000 in cash, they can they buy could. it for whatever they want. Nobody cares. Exactly. However, in this instance, you have a third party that's involved, which is the lender. Right. And so the lender needs to be sure that the value of which the buyer is wanting to pay for it, that it holds that value. And that's why the appraisal is necessary. Now, again, if you want to pay, if I wanted to sell you my shoes and you wanted to pay a hundred thousand dollars for them, Hey, you can do it all day long if you got cash. Yeah. But if you're going to borrow money from your mom, <laughs> she's probably going to be like, oh, I don't think 
no, 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 no. Worth, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, you know, you, you have to take those factors into consideration. And, um, you know, we're all, the only thing that I would say sometimes from, you know, when, if agents are upset with lenders, not, not, they don't get upset, but we mm-hmm. just get to be the, we get to be the sounding board you get the for bent. their frustration, you get right? The bent. <laughs> is, you know, we're all, we all want this deal to close. Yeah. I want it to come exactly. in overvalue. Like I'm not trying to bring it down, but I have to deal with this other human being that doesn't feel the same way that you do. Right. Yes. Right. And, and we all have to play well together, guys. Yes. We have to play well together. Yes. And, um, you know, that, I think that's the hard thing is, you know, we're, we're all looking from a different lens yes. and they're in lies the problem, yes, right? Yes. Therein lies the problem. So if we could look through the eyes of the appraiser, if we could look through the eyes of the lender, um, if we can understand everybody's side, you're going to have a better opportunity for a transaction and hopefully you'll have better uh, pricing. So you're not going to have these issues come up. Right. Because you're you're preparing ahead of time going exactly. into it. So, so speaking exactly. of that, you'd listed off a few um, software tools that you use or that mm-hmm. are available to agents. Um, can you kind of walk through a few of those and tell me about which ones you, you know, I think you mentioned like cloud CMA and R, what was the other one? R. Right. So there are, there's a plethora of opportunities for agents to use as far as, um, you know, reporting system uh-huh. to share with their clients uh, regarding price. Uh, there's cloud CMA, which is very informative. It, it kind of allows you to have a little bit of a resume with you, plus all the information for the comps that you use. Right. And then, you know, a little four week plan. Uh, me, I, I prefer RPR. Okay. Love, 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 love RPR, Realtor Property Resource. And uh, the valuation model for RPR does exactly what we did in the class with a touch of a button. So yeah. no math required, and that's good for Lori. Right. <laughs> so, but you need to understand but in the You importance. need to understand what you're doing. Right. Yes, right. absolutely. But um, I think that, you know, it, it's not always just the the report type that you use, it's can you explain how you got there? Right. Yes. And that's that's the key thing is to help, you know, the client understand, listen, I, I get what you're saying. I'm your I'm your partner. I understand right. that. I'm on your side. But here's the reality of the situation. And I would love to get you a million dollars all day long. And if I could, I would. But It'd be great. it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Well, and it's hard, you know, um, I think that one of the things that comes up a lot with especially listing agents, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're the listing agent, you are the most expensive piece of that person selling their home. Right. True. And True. and the agents in general, like as a buyer, they're like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Like they're going to, I don't have to pay for them. Right. But as, as the listing agent, you're kind of setting the stage for the buyer's agent and yourself to some extent, because the seller is about to shell out 6% of their home's value, you know, back or whatever to you guys you charge. or whatever there, you There's no standard guys. There's right. no standard, but, whatever you charge. But you know, we don't want to devalue yourself, you know, if, right. you, if you don't have right. to. Um, but that's where I'm going is that, is that in order for you to establish why you're the expert, why you understand, you know, where the pricing should be. You don't necessarily, just because you go in and say, Hey, I think you should sell your house for 350 and you go through all the details. Mm-hmm. You may still list it for 365 because yes. sometimes, sometimes, the you know, they want to try like, it. Yep. Let's give it a go. Yeah. And you can give all the reasons why, and you can tell them whatever, but at the end of the day, it's their decision. Ultimately Absolutely. you're their advisor. That's right? correct. That's correct. Um, but presenting that information. And like you said, understanding what's there, yes, that creates the value for what you're offering to the transaction, right? Totally. Totally. And that's why I really like that 1004 MC report. Mm-hmm. Um, and folks, you can get all these on Netris. So this is available at your fingertips. It's nothing I'm paying for or anything like that. It's all free with your memberships. Right. Uh, but the 1004 MC report, uh, that absor- absorption 
1004 MC. 1004 MC. Yeah, okay. that absorption data for. Is that the one year. that you showed today with the three yes, over that was like the, the six months yes, and then three yes, months? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, that one was great. Three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, that, that kind of helps you to see a trend line. Because here's the thing, appraisers don't have the uh, a, the flexibility that we do. Okay, so like for what I, what I mean by that is they have to go on cold, hard data. That's it. Right. So like us, we're working out in the marketplace and we're going, man, we're getting multiple offers. Yes. We're getting over list, yes. you know, 50 grand at the time, you know, 50, 100 grand over list. And we sting this over and over and over again. Look, appraiser properties are climbing. Now, the appraiser can go, well, I appreciate that. But, you know, I Here's have to look data. at cold, hard past data and the yep. data is not showing that. Yep. So here's the thing, the trend line, the 1004 MC can help to kind of substantiate if the, if the appraiser wants to step out in faith, if you will, yeah. and say, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and allow a little bit of increment because we see this trending happening. Yes. Right. Yes. And, um, so we see that people are paying 103% over list. We yeah. see that they're, you know, coming this much down on price or they're not, or they're going over or whatever. Yeah. So it allows them to kind of have a tool. It also allows us as realtors to have a tool to talk to our, clients and people that, you know, are wondering what's the market doing. Well, that so. report that you showed, I, I'd never seen that before. And I don't, man, I, I, I obviously my wife, my wife's a realtor, but, mm -hmm. um, but I don't see everybody else's. I don't know that people, that agents are aware of that very They're not, well. they're not. Because when I saw that, I was like, there, you can have, there's so much data oh, in, yeah. in just that one page yes. that you can help, especially, you know, it was really apropos for now because we we've been in this market for the last 12 months because that's what it runs like a 12 month yes yes right? it's a year list a year so data. for four it's broken into three columns and mm -hmm. there's four months four months four months well it was perfect because well it's three the the last 90 okay and then the prior 90 and then the six okay, okay. so there you go so three three six that previous six months that was the first column right we were in this environment where as a market now we were doing Mansfield, so right. was, you know every market's a little different. But yes. um, but as a market, you could see that the time on market was longer. Mm -hmm. The um, the price, the time on uh, the number of um, homes available, you know, had kind of gone up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that was right. in that window of time where interest rates were at eight percent, and they had just gone to eight yes. percent. So yes. it wasn't <laughs> like you had you know a year of everybody being okay with the fact that now we're at seven. You know, this was, hey, we're at eight and everybody just slams on the brakes, right? Yeah. And you can see in the numbers, you could tell with the median price and the, that it was all there. Well, then you move to the next three months, right? The, right? the previous 90 days. And that trend starts to change. The values go up a little bit. The time on market comes down a little bit. You know, there's a little bit of an adjustment because now you can start to see people getting more comfortable with where it is. And you have to sell your home sometimes. You got to move school districts or you get another job. Like you don't have a choice. And right. then we got to this period of time. And the, the most, you know, the biggest key on that one was, is the value starting to go up. So when you're talking to, even as a, even as a buyer's agent, I would find oh, yeah, that because totally. I would go, look, Hey, if you want, if you're trying to go in under list, yes. right. And if you're going to lowball, it, it ain't not going to work. Yeah. You know, it's just that not going to happen. Depends on the house, obviously, but, right. but that is such good data to present to people because you just saying as, well, Hey, I'm the realtor. This is what you pay me <laughs> yeah, for. Exactly. They're okay. like, prove it. They're like, okay, great. Yeah. There's <laughs> 8 million realtors out right. there. You know what I mean? But when you say, Hey, look, here's where I'm getting my data. Here's where it's coming from. They're like, okay, wow. Like she knows what she's talking about. So yes. we need to listen to her and do what she says, because I think so many agents spin their wheels constantly on, 
Um, and I know because I talked to them all the time <laughs> of well, this buyer. They just they yeah, they they've got to make it. four offers mm-hmm. underpriced before they'll go in and do what I tell them to do. But if you give them that data, it helps, right? Yes, totally. Because then they're like, well, I didn't know. I didn't even know about this. I didn't know that was available. And I was like, well, the good news is, you know, this this is a good time to buy because if you bought, you know, like nine months prior, you'd be paying one hundred and six percent over list. Yes. So you're not going to have to do that now, maybe. Yes. But you know, here's what the data is showing me. It's just good at setting expectations and. I I Absolutely. That's our entire job, right? Yes. Is to set expectations, expectations is yes. our entire job. Absolutely. Um, so Marianne wants to know again, 104NC, that's what it's called, right? Uh, 1004M is in Mary, C is in Cotrell. I'll okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then where do you find it? You find it on the reports. So like if you uh, if you go in and you click all for uh, in the MLS, you're going to click all of the properties and then you go to uh, results and then you go to print. Then under the print, not print and paper, the, by the way. Yeah, you don't print the paper out. <laughs> don't print all those out. But at the print mode at the bottom, it will say uh, it'll have all the different types of print modes you can do. But then at the bottom, it'll say print a PDF. Yes. And then it'll say 1004 M C M as in Mary C S N cats. No, I that that report I was really uh, you know I I think that's a helpful report for buyers. It's or buyer agents. It's a helpful report oh, yeah. for sellers agents. It's I good mean, to have an open house. Yes, because you know we're non disclosure state, so yes. don't do that quick CMA where you're showing everybody what property sold for. You're not supposed to do that. Yes, but this will give you an opportunity to talk with them too, because they'll go, what is what does this mean? What yeah. is all this? And so now you can kind of explain it a little bit, right? right. Well, and you're. It, and you're, it tells you what kind of market you're in too. Yes. That's yes. what I like. And you're creating, I, I didn't even think the open house thing's brilliant too. Like yeah. why would you not have that at your exactly. open house, right? Because exactly. what you're trying to do when someone walks in the door, what's the goal of the open house mm-hmm. is to communicate, to communicate. And talk, exactly. And maybe find a buyer or find a seller or whatever. Right. And so if you have data and you have, and you understand it, right? Yes. That's you got to understand it guys. <laughs> what does this mean? Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, said print that numbers, out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Looks uh, like things are going up and down. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you mentioned something earlier about, um, with, with using your tools that you have available, right? So we've got right. the, the, the 10, 1004 MC, we've got the software programs. Um, what else do you feel like is a good resource for agents to be able to find, to really kind of put that data together? Because again, the more information you have, the more knowledge you have, the more you create your own value. So what else can, what else is available out there that kind of helps drive those? So for me, I mean, I, I just, I always just use the tools that, that I have provided with my membership. And so I use MLS, obviously okay. multiple listing service for, you know, the layperson that's out there. That's our agent network where yep. we house all of our uh, potential data for availables, pendings and closed sold houses. So uh, with the MLS and then of course, RPR, those are kind of my, my two big go-tos. Now, you also said, too, I had written this down during the class, too, and I don't think this is done enough either, is you talked about the importance of previewing homes. Okay. Yes. So so t- talk a little bit about that because you, you kind of glanced on it a little bit in the class, but it was one of the very first things that you brought up and it really stuck in my head because it's like, I don't know that enough agents do that. What's the benefits of that? Yeah. So, you know, I remember, you know, again, I'm going to go back in the day. We <laughs> used to, we used to preview every Tuesday, you know, we got in caravans and yep. we went out and looked at listings and the, um, the, 
trainer that I had at the time was really good because she had the MLS sheet, but she would not show it to us. And okay. she'd be like, okay, guys. And I tell you, if you watch uh, Selling Sunset, you can do this too. I, okay. I laugh every time I watch that. But um, but what she would do, she'd say, okay, look at the house. Here's these specs. What do you think it should sell for? Like, what do you think it should list for? And you get to where you get pricing. You can start going, yeah, it should be that price. That That's price range it should be in. Why? Because you know your market, right. you know, like what houses are selling for with these amenities, you know, uh, what in that price range, what people expect. Yes. Um, and if your house is lacking, you need to tell people, you know, your house is nice and it's clean, but it's lacking in what buyers are looking for. Yeah. Uh, if your house excels, you can let them know too. The good thing is this will probably sell fast because you have the things buyers are looking for. But if you're not looking and, and here's the thing, I know a lot of agents are like, well, I look on the MLS every day. I look at the pictures. Okay. Can we talk pictures? I mean, pictures, <laughs> you know, do not do it justice. You don't know what it smells like. You don't know do you what believe it everything looks you like. see on do, the internet. That's right. Yes, you know, yes. everything on the internet is yes, true, that's right? right? That's right. We talked about that today. Yeah. So, um, I think that agents, you know, I, I know your guys are super busy and my heart goes out to you. I get it. I mean, but, are they right now? I mean, but I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to be, you know, hopeful and say, Hey, I bet you're really super busy, yes. but you know what? Guess what? Every weekend we have open house Yes. and I guarantee you cannot drive down a street where you don't see an open house sign. Yeah. Pop in, Yes. pop in, you know, and that way when, um, you know, I, I had a, uh, a top producer in my first office and she was crazy, but she, she got a lot of business, but what she would do is like, we might go have lunch and she would listen to somebody talking about, you know, Hey, I'm trying to find a house. Yeah. She like, oh, and she uh, would just butt in, yes. you know, I was like, oh my God. And she'd say, I'm sorry, I was eavesdropping, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a local top producer. Yeah. And actually what you're telling me, I just saw a house last week that yeah. would fit the need. And if you have time, I'll be glad to go show it. And she would go and show and sell it. Yeah. And so here's the thing. If you don't have that knowledge, you're not going to be, I'm not telling you to eavesdrop, but you know, I mean, you won't be able to have that, that authority to say, yeah. have I got the house for you? Yeah. Right. Well, and. I think not only do you get the knowledge base, but I say this all the time about if you want to sell more homes or you want to do more loans or whatever, you have to go out amongst yes, the people. Yes. You've got to do things. You can't sit at your home and, you know, it, I think um, this, this has happened within the last couple of years. And I, you know, this isn't an indictment of anybody. This is just what it is uh -huh. because I've been guilty of it myself is you know, we have a lot of part-time agents, right? We have people that came into the business that, you know, whether they're self-employed people or they're stay-at-home uh, parents or whatever the case may be, they've come into the business and, you know, it's not a full-time gig for them necessarily, yeah. right? Yeah. But they made a lot of money over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And now that money is cut back and like, what's going on? And yeah. it's like, well, <laughs> you find time to, you know, uh, uh, you know, go get the groceries or clean the house or mow the yard or, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. Like you're working, yeah, yeah. you're doing you're, things. You're working, but right? not on your business. But not on your business, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and it's like, if you want to go get more business, you have to go out and you've yeah. got to do things. And I always say it's amazing whether you want to call it, you know, God or karma, or the universe or whatever, is when you're doing real estate related activities, whatever that is, going to classes, going to uh, previewing homes, going yes. to open houses it's a magical thing that business just kind of shows up. It Have is. You had and, that and yeah, I think, you know, and they, they talk about the law of attraction and, you yes. know, what you think about, you bring about, That's um, right. you know, if you put out things into the world, it is going to have a 
point of return. You get yes. an ROI, return yes. on investment. And I think, yes, when you're out there doing real estate things, if you're going and, <clears throat> excuse me, you drive down a street, there's a first sale by owner, don't just take the number, get out. Yes. You know, get out, knock on the door. Hey, yeah. you know, I'm a local realtor. What can I do to help you? Um, so I think that, you know, those things are important. You've got to be in your business. Yes. But a side note on that is this. We see this happen a lot. Like people get into the business when the business is thriving. Yes. And um, then it it kind of, you know, stabilizes. Well, it, and it then they go, and oh, my gosh, you know, it ebbs and flows. And then we have a lot of people drop out. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. it's not a bad thing. I call it's it not a bad thing. Calling the herd. It, that's right. I call it thinning the herd. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it's okay. And it's true because like, you know, whenever you're out doing stuff and when you talk about the law of attraction, a lot of times people are like, oh, that's kind of woo woo. That's my favorite word. Yeah. Right? And I, I don't want to be woo woo. You're but, mystical. You know. No, no, no. But, <laughs> but I but, think the Lord blesses, you yes, know, the Lord blesses activity. When you put it in terms, this is the best way I've heard it explained. And I like to explain it is, is, is a car, right? If I go and I buy my new car, I've been wanting this new red shiny truck for months and I can't wait to get one. I've been, I've got it. And now the first day I'm on the road driving my new red shiny truck, guess what I see? 1800 yeah. other red shiny trucks. Yes. Okay. Now, does that mean that everybody else on the planet went out and bought a red shiny truck the same day that you did? No. What it means mm -hmm. is that now your eyes Reticular are activator. Yes. Now <laughs> you're open to it and now you right. see it and now you're going, Oh, so to your point, if you're doing real estate related activities and you're going to open houses and you're previewing homes and you're learning how to use the software and get better at, you know, at doing your, your homework on listings, then for whatever reason, those opportunities start presenting themselves yes. a little bit more. You hear the conversation yes. of someone talking about the house that otherwise you didn't hear exactly. because you were busy taking the kids to school or you were busy mowing your yard for six and a half hours. You right. know what I mean? Because you're open. Cool. You are open yes. to what you're doing. Yes. You're open to it. Yes. So yes. So what have you found is when it comes to appraisal specifically again, um, what do you think the biggest disconnect between the appraiser and the realtor is when it comes to these valuations? Like, what do you think if, if you were to tell somebody, here's the one thing that you need to make sure that you focus on, where do you think the biggest disconnect comes into play? I think the reality of what, what brings value. Okay. That I think is the bis biggest disconnect because, um, like I said, I, you know, people get emotional about their property. Buyers buy under emotion. Yes. Realtors, you know, they, they are involved in emotion as well. When you go out to talk to someone about putting their property on the market um, and you have the seller telling you, oh, we've spent all this money, we've done all these things, um, and you're you're kind of going ooh and all with them. Empathizing. Right? You're yeah. empathizing with them. What happens is that cash register begins to cha-ching. Right. And so then it's like, oh, and I think it should be, you know, this price. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, uh, but that's okay. Hold your ground because numbers are numbers. But I think that that kind of what is what happens. The appraiser comes in, the appraiser is not going to ooh and ah, yes. right? The appraiser is going to go, yep, it's got a floor. Yep. It's got a sink. Yep. It's got a, you know, got a roof good for them. You know, I mean, they're not going to be like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, Silstone or this is Quartz or this is, you know, uh -huh. I mean, they might because this looks better than the other house. Yeah. But again, it's not going to be dollar for dollar. Right. Always remember that. 
Um, but I think that, you know, sometimes we get over emotional about what the house has uh -huh. and uh, appraisers, they're just, they're, they're data. not, yeah, it's they're just, just data. Just I mean, it, it's like, they're just not going to get excited about it. Yeah. And I think that's what happens. Well, I think that they should give more money because they have, road or, yeah. yeah, they yeah. have this. And that's the thing. Appraisers have to look at it from, they are very strict. Yes. The rules they have are way strict and we realtors need to empathize with that and understand, you know, we have the luxury of kind of, you know, ooh, going wherever we want, but when the bottom line comes down to it, you know, they, they have to abide by the rules. One of my uh, favorite um, commercials, my Super Bowl commercials, this is, it applies to this. I, I bring this up all the time. I probably said it on this a couple of times, but um, there, I don't know if you remember, it was a career builder commercial and this was probably back in maybe early 2000s, late nineties. And, um, career builder was like the employer, you know, he's like monster.com kind of a thing. And there's a room full of chimpanzees, right? And they're all in, they're all in suits. It's like a, it's like a boardroom, right? And they're just going bananas and doing backflips and like celebrating or whatever. And there's a chart yeah. on this little three stanchion thing. And the chart's just, the arrow's just going straight up and everybody's yeah. like, Whoo! And then like the one human being in the room who would be the appraiser in this circumstance, yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. He comes over <laughs> the and reality. he takes the chart and he turns it. He's like, and now that arrow's going down and then you see all these chimps like look around like what just happened? Yeah, there's no way this is crazy. What is it? Who's this guy? Like, why did he just ruin our fun? Yeah. And then one other walks over and he flips it back up again. And they're all like, yeah, Yay! let's go. You yeah. know? Oh, that's a great analogy. <laughs> oh, man. That's kind of what happens with us. Yeah, in our so world. You yeah, need to add that me. to your uh, to your presentation. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make a meme that. for you yes, and I'm going to send it to you so you can add it. Um, <laughs> perfect. Because that's what it is. It's like you you you. you you put it perfectly. You're sitting in the kitchen with this with this seller, right? right? And they're telling you about their story. And this is what I did to the house. And this is how I improved it. And you know, my my me and my son put in these flooring, mm -hmm. and we put our blood, sweat, and tears into it. We built a new yeah. fence, and blah blah blah. And then you know, you you get sucked into that because yes. you're a human being, right? You you're like, yeah, you're right. No, that is a busy street. Yeah, that that neighbor is loud back there. Or he's a great neighbor, or mm -hmm. whatever. And so you're you get sucked into that. And so because you're there, you're both like, yeah, yeah, it is actually, you know what? You're right. This should be worth more than these numbers, you know, throw these out the window, who <laughs> yeah. cares? And then the appraiser shows up and, and the throws appraiser brings blank. reality. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, and so that, I think that's one thing I would just share is be, be honest and hold your ground yeah. because you know, you know what the numbers say yeah. and you know, yeah, you can try it. Like you said, it's their, their right to, you know, um, you know, our responsibility, is article, you know, uh, one six it says we will never mislead you on market price. Right. right. And so or not one six, I think it's one four, but anyway, um, it may be one three. I'm sorry. Don't quote me on that. No, nope, <laughs> you're going to, we're going to make, knock, we're it's knocking late off in the afternoon on my sugar's low. Yes. No, we're knocking <laughs> but, off points. We're not going to make points, but anyway, uh, it says I will never mislead you on market price. Yeah. Right. So that's our job is never to skew numbers and tell them the wrong numbers, but it is their job to decide, am I going to be in agreement with Lori or am I going to ask Lori to put it higher or lower? Yes. And then Lori has to make a big business decision, what she's willing to do. Right. Yes. And that's another thing. Like, you know, realtors need to, I'm going to get on my soapbox just for one second. Soap it up. Let's go. So realtors, you guys need to remember when you take a listing, it is an investment. Okay. And sellers need to understand this as well. So I'm talking to the consumer too. When realtors sign the dotted line and we agree to put your property on the market, we are investing our own money into something that has not transpired yet. Right. 
we are, I always laugh and say, I'm writing hot checks on your house, right? <laughs> it's not true, but you know, I, yeah. I mean, I am spending money. Drone footage. And right. I'm, and I'm paying signs. for pictures, signs. I'm paying to market it. I'm yep. paying for all the things that I have to pay for to put it wherever I have to put it. Yep. And that is money I'm spending and investing in hopes that I will sell your property. Yes. Okay. So I am stepping out in faith and partnering with you monetarily as well as time. And so guys, we have to make a business decision. And is this the right business decision for me? It has nothing to do with you personally. I always say, this is not personal. I have to make a business decision, yeah. right? I love you to death, but you know, I'm just not your girl. Well, so, and on the business decision front, you know, uh, we always say in our business, it's, you got to know when to punt, right? Yeah, because, yeah. because sometimes the idea of the transaction and the promise of commission yes. is going to damage you in the long run versus realizing up front that sometimes you come across some people, not all the time, right. that are you're not going to win. Right. Like you're just going right. to lose. And so if you've presented all your data and you've given all the information, you've provided everything you could and the and you know because you're you're the expert, right? You've done right. the research, exactly. you've dug into the numbers. <laughs> you're right? it. And there's there's a balance. There is, hey, let's list it where you think mm -hmm. and and but you know, here's where I'm at. There's that. But then if you get that person that's like, no, this is what it is, this is what it's gonna sell for, you're never gonna make that person happy. Right. Right. And right. so you have to be able to look at that situation and go, okay, on this one, I'm gonna bow, I'm gonna bow out. Right. And I've had a lot of really experienced agents tell me before that. They've done that. And they've mm -hmm. said, I'm not yeah. going to list your I, house. I have said that. Right. I have said that too. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I wish you guys the best. Yes. But I, I can tell I am just not going to be the one for you. And that's okay. I wish you the best. But right? a good portion, not a good portion, maybe half because some ego is a hard thing to get over, but not as realtors, mm -hmm. but as the seller. Um, but a good amount, more than you would think, either come back and say, okay, yeah. And I've right. heard that too. <laughs> you were right. All right. Let me do it. You knew what you were talking yeah. about. And people, it's amazing how well that works because when you tell somebody, Hey, look, I don't want to work with you. They go, mm -hmm. why not? Wait, wait a minute. No. You're going to make money. You don't want to make money. And you're like, no, not, not, this not that way. Hey, I'm not making money. I'm right. investing money. And that's going to be a, cause you're going to hate me at the end of this. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to spend a bunch of money to try exactly. to get what I want. I ain't doing I, it. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so it's not a bad thing to say, Hey, yes. look, Here's all the data. If you don't want to follow my advice, I completely understand it's your home, you know, but I'm going to have to bow out of this. Exactly. One. And you get a lot of benefit from that too. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's something else too, is that, you know, we, we as a, a profession have to never, ever, ever discount the responsibility we have to our clients. Yes. Because I always say this in class too, we are the catalyst between their dreams. Like we are the deciding factor, whether they get to make that relocation move, uh, whether they get that wealth building property, whether they get to downsize or they get an extra room for that new addition to the family. Um, we are the catalyst. And if we get it wrong, we, we ruin their dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that, that is a big responsibility and we should never, ever, ever forget that and yeah. never discount that. Yeah. You carry a lot of weight and it's, we do. and it's not a, um, you know, we, we joke on our side of the deal sometimes that everybody's crazy and upset, but, and that it, it is the case, but that's because it's such a personal transaction, yes, right? Yes. This is your home or exactly. this is the home you're going to put your family into. Like, it's not, this isn't business to business or B2B exactly. as they call it, Exactly. Right? It's not a commodity. That's no. what, you know, I was telling you about that podcast I heard earlier with Lee Brown and it, it's, we're not a commodity folks, no. but people try to make it as a commodity, yeah, you know, yeah. but real estate is not, it um, is not. 
since you brought that up, uh, tell me a little bit about, cause you told me this story before and I'm, I'm glad you said that, um, um, about what the GSEs are doing now when it comes to evaluating appraisals and, and yeah. what you learned. So, okay. So, uh, Lee Brown is, um, a real estate broker. She's out in the, uh, she's up in the South Carolina area. She okay. has a podcast and she's on YouTube and I would encourage you guys to listen to that as well. Yeah. Uh, but she had an appraiser on there and they were talking about some concerns they have with where the appraisal is moving to because okay. uh, people, you know, you have companies that are tech involved and tech always wants to get in our pocket. Yep. And uh, they, you know, with real estate being billions of dollars every year, uh, everybody wants a piece of the pie. Yep. And so, uh, I mean, I'm not against tech. Please don't think I'm, I'm anti-tech. I'm not. But one thing that's been going on is the GSEs, uh, the Fannie Mae, the Freddie Mac, on the appraisal end, basically they are uh, having someone that is not licensed, that you don't know who they are. They're not vetted. They come into your house. They have a little tech tool to measure and they give a measurement and then they can also call out repairs. Now, who are they to call out repairs, yeah, right? No license, no license, no nothing. You know, what, what are you thinking? And so uh, this is really becoming problematic. It's, it's a danger for the seller. Does the seller know that just Joe Blow is coming into the house? In fact, there was one situation where the guy came in to measure and he was getting ready to be sentenced to a felony going into jail, but he was out for the week, you know, so he decides he's going to go in and measure the house. He's doing a little work release. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, hey, I, I'm yeah. glad I'm here. You know, I got a week left, you know. So, I mean, that's kind of scary. Yes. And, and, and you know, that kind of thing needs to really be evaluated. They should at least, you know, have a license to do that. But it's all in the name of the almighty dollar. Yes. Where is it going to cut cost for me? Right. And um, so one thing that she pointed out to you is your buyer's have the right to ask for a certified licensed appraiser right. only. Yep. And it doesn't cost you any more for the appraisal. It's the same amount. So um, I would encourage people, you know, start doing that. Have your buyer ask for a certified appraiser to go out. So Again, that he has to agents. go out. Uncheck yes. the box. That's right. That's right. So they have to call you and then you can say, hey, are, uh, are, you, are you a certified, certified appraiser? appraiser? Are you going to send a certified appraiser or are you going to send some underling? Yes. That, yes. you know, doesn't know his tail from a hole in the ground. Yeah. Right? Well, and that is happening and it's been kind of um, a, an underreported or, or a little lesser understood situation that's been going on with appraisals for a little while. Um, I mean, I would say. And at least five to seven years, you know, um, I've been in the business for almost 13 years and it's, it's been about half mm -hmm. the time that I've been in here, yeah. um, is we have a tool, which I brought up today, um, that every lender has access to, if you do conventional loans and it's called collateral underwriter Yeah. and collateral underwriter is just a, it's a algorithmic, um, you know, tool that pulls data, public data, or I'm sorry, it does pull actual private data because you're getting into the, you know, you have Fannie's database and Freddie's database. Mm, so they're right, actually, right. They so you have, have an access. appraisal database yeah. now. Yeah. So they're pulling that data in and they're giving a risk score and the risk score is going to be anywhere between one to five, one being very low risk, five being very high risk. And so, um, you don't, as a lender, we don't have to run it through collateral, but most lenders do. Mm -hmm. Just Be as a prerequisite. Correct. So, yeah. Because what you don't want to happen is you don't want to then sell that loan to Fannie or Freddie or, or another investor or whatever, and then them come back and go, well, this appraisal is way out of mm -hmm. whack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so lenders are covering themselves because they will come back and say, hey, there's something wrong with this appraisal. We need to understand why you didn't ask these questions or whatever. So they'll run this in the background. You may not even be aware of it because it's just something that lenders will do. Mm -hmm. Um but it's also a tool that agents can use to 
combat issues with the appraisal. So if you are undervalue, if you come in, you know, I had one the other day that I think I told you it came in four thousand yeah, dollars so under close, on so a four hundred and fifteen thousand dollar house. And I'm <laughs> exactly. like, really? Come on, yeah. man. Um, but uh, but you can fight it and go, okay, this was and then that particular instance, it was a one. It had a mm -hmm. one rating score it's on it. It's a very low risk. Very low risk, which means that okay, there's probably room that we could go up here. What what can we use? And what that report will give you is it'll give you 25 comps, 30 comps, depending on the area. Now they're not you know, it ranks them in order of, Hey, here's the, what we think is the best. And here's, you know, at the bottom, right. But what it also does is it ranks the comps that the appraiser used. So uh -huh. if you run that report and the top three comps that it lists are the same ones that the appraiser lists, yeah, you're pretty much on board. Yeah. yeah. You, there's not much you can do, but if you've got 15 in between of yeah. their number one to their number two, yeah, you might have some like, well, how come you didn't use these? Yes. Exactly. Now, one thing we talked about earlier, we talked about combating the appraisal. So yes. you get it in and it's not, you know, it's low and you want to try to, you know, uh, combat that. One thing that um, I had uh, Candy tell me is like, when you do that, just be aware that you basically are telling the appraiser You're you dummy. suck. Yeah. You didn't do your job, yes, right? That's exactly <laughs> so, right. And nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be that person, right? Nope. So um, one thing you want to make sure of is you do have really good information. Yes. Like, you know, look and see, were your comps the same? And, um, you know, are they really valid comps? Like you said, if you send me a price per square foot, people are going to, yeah, we're throwing that out. That's not even going to tell. I won't even, I won't forward that yeah. to the appraiser because I know all you're going to do is make him mad. And exactly. then he's definitely not. Exactly. Even if you had a point, even if you had a valid argument, we're not going to win the argument that way. Exactly. Because it's still subjective. They can do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. The appraiser is the final say. Yep. And so he has the final word. So why would you upset him? Yes. <laughs> right? yes. Don't upset the appraiser. No. no. <laughs> Don't poke the bear. No. Yeah. <laughs> You got to present the data in a way that you're going to help because again, yes. as a lender, I'm on your side. I want this to come back. I don't want this to tor torpedo the deal, but we have to prevent present facts. And right. if you give me the, the 1004 MC and, uh, and then you also provide your comps and how you came up with the values and mm -hmm. I can give hard data to say, Hey, here's what it is. But <laughs> you know what happens more often than not on those type of situations is when I do actually have an agent that's like, all right, let me dig into this. You know, mm -hmm. let me figure out they will come back and go, yeah, I think we just overpriced it a little bit. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I mean, that, that really, <laughs> the ones, the agents that I work with that really put their time into figure, because here, and I know this happens with everybody, right? You've been in the business for 15 years you've, or 20 years or 30 years or whatever it is. And you see this house, you're like, oh, I know these comps. Yeah, this is what it is. Like, here we go. You know, I got, I got mm -hmm. that. And you used to, maybe you do the data sometimes, but you know, you feel pretty confident in your talents or whatever. And, yeah. And so you just get it out. And then the appraisal comes in short. And then everybody's like, well, wait a minute, what, what happened? But you told me, right and now it's your fault. <laughs> exactly. And so then I give the appraisal. I'm like, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. And then, like I said, the really good ones, which I have a lot of them will mm -hmm. come back and go, Nope, you're right. Yeah. That, that, or he's right, not me. Yeah. You know, he was right. And that's another thing too, guys. So remember this, your real estate license act requires you give a CMA for buyers and sellers. It also requires your uh, code of ethics requires you give a CMA. <laughs> so in any case, don't, so don't just go, rules. Hey, I know this area. I'm so good. Uh, it's to be 525. So many rules. Why right? do we have so, so many, many rules? So rules. Many rules. Too many damn so rules. Rule time. Exactly. Um, I, one other thing I want you to speak on just to, you know, cause it happens to is this is the other thing that happens and mm -hmm. I have an answer for it, but I'd love to hear yours is okay. they go, okay, I'm listing the house for three fifty, but we really know it's probably three seventy five. but for whatever reason, you know, whether I'm selling them to them a little bit less or I'm doing whatever, here's what it is. And then 
the appraiser comes back and the house is at 350 and they're like wait a minute like it should be more now first off it doesn't matter as far as the transactions concerned mm -hmm. because in the transaction we just needed to hit value exactly they're not gonna they're not gonna overvalue it I'm so sorry. why they're, would they not do that so just so, so um they it just has to make value and that's yes. why yes. because you know they're like okay well this is good yes. this is the number it needs to be yes so they're not gonna go and step out and bathe and go well that should be four and a quarter really or yes. you know or whatever or like you said 375 they're going to go ahead and just say hey it made value this is what you're willing to lend that's what they're willing to pay and we're good yes we're good so you don't have to be offended because the house no. should have appraised for more no. it doesn't you, matter you need to be uh you be happy that it appraised for what the offer price was Correct. Correct. That's Correct. what you need. Well, and, that's and I, what you need. I always relate it back to incentives. And I, I try to explain that the appraiser does not have an incentive to give you more value. Yeah, right? There's exactly. no incentive for them to exactly. do that. Now, when they do, because it does happen. Sometimes, yeah, I've had it happen. Yes, it does. So. Ha I mean, I it happens. I mean, not often, but I mean, mm -hmm. you know, one out of 10, maybe something yeah. like that. Um, but when it does happen, I, I go out of my way to point out to the, especially to the buyer, because, you know, I'm trying to help my agent out and be like, hey, you know, like your agent did a great job because the, the appraiser has no incentive to give you extra value, but they chose to. And the reason they chose to is because there's probably a lot more value that they could have given you. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of just saying, hey, I got to give something because I can't way underdo it. I got to keep it within a range. <laughs> so, but, and that's, that's why I was like, you probably, you know, if you were going to turn around and sell this in six months, you'd probably be surprised what you get for it because yeah. if they're giving you the value when they don't have to, that means there's probably even more in there yeah. that they didn't, that yeah. they didn't include. Yeah. Um, and that could be, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the case. It's, but. I mean, because, you know, they have to go by past data, so yes. they can't project the future, unfortunately. Yes. We we tend to because we're agents and we're out there and we see what's happening with trend, but they don't yeah. have that luxury. No. Just FYI. No. Well, um, we're already in an hour, so it oh, goes, okay. yeah. That went fast. I know. It goes by quick <laughs> when you're just rambling and going, you're talking. Um, but I, I just want to say again, you know, today going to that class, um, I was – I was very impressed with your presentation and how you did it because again, anybody that goes to CE classes, which in all of our industry, you know, we all have to do it. It's a necessary evil, but it it's is. so refreshing <laughs> to have a class to go to and really I, I learned a ton today. Like I'm good. I really did. Um, and I was entertained just by the fact that, you know, your presentation and how you did the slides and everything, which I think is a big player there. And that's probably why you've been so successful, you know, obviously in the years. I mean, I'm I'm showing up late to the game on your on your ability to teach a class. <laughs> but um, but it was awesome. And I I honestly I recommend anybody, you know, if you need CE. Go check out Lori's. Uh, do you have like a website where you list your classes at Metro Techs? You know, I I need to do that. Yes. Um, I'm I'm starting to do that. So give me time. But yes. I, yes, I'm looking at doing that. But yes, you can reach out to me at instructortoday at gmail.com. Yes. Very easy to remember. And if you uh, need a broker for any reason, if you're thinking of making a change, yes. um, Lori is a broker. She's here in DFW. She has a wealth of knowledge. So those uh, agents out there that uh, maybe are not happy with the level of information that you're getting from your current situation. I'm not encouraging people to leave or go. I'm just Me saying either. <laughs> you're not recruiting. Yeah. There's, there's uh, there's always situations where um, a better suited fit happens. Um, you should definitely check her out because the, the ability to have someone to pick up the phone and call and say, Hey, what do I do in this situation? Hey, what do I do in this situation? And there's been brokers that have been in the business for 30 years, 40 years, been doing a long time, but they don't know <laughs> when you have to stand in front of a class of 30 agents or 50 agents and break down every single aspect of how to sell a home. I think you're going to have a little bit more wealth of knowledge. Would you agree? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
and I'm happy to share. Happy yes. to share always. Yes. So. She's incredibly helpful. Um, and I want to thank you again because this is you. I said it like in my commercial today. You charge good money for this information, and we got it for free today. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank but, you so much. Thanks um, for having me. Thanks for everybody for sticking around to the end. Uh, again, if you want to reach out to Lori, um, we'll put her contact information. I'll tag her. She'll be on Facebook on this one too. Um, you can reach out to her that way. Check her out on LinkedIn. She's got her profile up there. So if you guys have questions or want to check out one of her classes, I highly recommend it. So mm -hmm, totally. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. We'll see everybody next week. Thank y'all. All right. Bye. Have a good one.